You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. Katrina, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing some of the mysteries of bespoke bridal wear. And I think some of our listeners are like, what does that even mean? So we will get into that (laughs) in a minute, but I'm looking behind you and I see a beautiful dress that you're working on. So what's up with that project? The first, thank you so much for having me. This is just so (laughs) neat. I mean, I already adore you, so it's kind of a fun thing. So thank you so much for having me. Um, and what is over my shoulder right now is actually a best spoke gown that I am currently working on. Um, I start about six months to a year early with these gowns, and this is actually just a muslin pattern. So she'll come in, try it on, make sure it fits well. Wow. So the, the name of your studio is named after yourself. And how long have you been doing that? You're in Southern Oregon. Was your studio always there or have you kind of moved around the state at all? This is my very first studio out of my home and out of bridal shop. So that this is like mine and it's wow. exciting and terrifying. All yes. the time. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been working on your own then? So 13 years I have wow. been working in the bridal seamstress and custom wedding gown industry. Okay. What got you into that wow. initially? Uh, my sister threw me under the bus oh. and <laughs> so my sisters knew that I could sew um, and started back like in junior high, my older sister and I wanted to make a, a dress for ourselves, mm-hmm. like just a, a body con stretchy dress because we were scared of zippers. So we needed to be stretchy because we weren't going to do a zipper because, you know, when you're learning, yes. zippers oh, are 100%. I still hate zippers. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> So we first started by putting newspaper, like we pinned a newspaper to me and we made a pattern out of newspaper and laid it down on our stretchy fabric and cut it out and sewed it together. And the inside looked hideous. It looked awful on the inside, but the outside was cute. So we get it on me and I can barely breathe (laughs) because we put the stretch lengthwise and not widthwise and I could not move like it's my older sister. I'm in junior high and she's going to get this dang thing on me if it killed her. So I'm just like standing there with my arms up like, (laughs) okay, okay. Kind of hurts a little bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's before you learned what a bias was. (laughs) Right. And I remember like it would stretch up and down and we went to go and take it off. And I had my hands up by my ears, bent over my tush out and her trying to pull this stupid thing off of me. And I thought that's just where I was going to die. I I mean, I was just stuck (laughs) in a dress cocoon. So, you know, it started by learning from mistakes and then, um, you know, I started sewing a little bit more and then my younger sister, this is when she threw me under the bus, told one of her friends, Oh, my sister sews, she can do your dress for you. Oh my word. Wow. Well, bridal is a little bit different (laughs) (laughs) than your average sewing. You know, even though quilting has its own challenges and you have to be so precise going from something like that to bridal, it's just a whole different animal. Right. Um, And she wanted me to take her dress out about a size and a half and 
being in this industry, you know, that's still a, one of the most difficult things that we do in our industry right. is letting a dress out. So after I did that, I figured, okay, well, if I can do that, I can just about do anything. So I just kind of jumped in. And oh just, my okay. goodness. I had no idea. Oh my goodness. And so from that point, were you always just working from your home then just accepting more clients and wow, that's amazing. And the word just kind of got out. And after I did that, um, a couple months later, a girlfriend of mine called and she's like, I want to pay for my best friend to have a custom dress made by you. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I went from like seamstress work to customs within like six months. Wow. And that's terrifying as well. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I make all of my own patterns. So that's a little daunting. Yeah. So we yeah. figured all of that out. I learned a lot from mistakes. Some of those mistakes were really expensive. Lace is right. not cheap. So <laughs> learned some really expensive <laughs> mistakes, but you know. Oh my word. That like, I guess I just, I look at your work and I, and I just assume that you, had such a formal introduction to sewing, but you, oh my goodness, this is even more thrilling. Cause I'm like, you <laughs> that just create, and it's so organic, like one client to the next, to the next, and you're just learning new skills along the way and, you know, courageous enough to just take on the next person and not quite just figuring out as you go along. <laughs> Which, I mean, I could say that that's probably like 90% of the seamstresses that I meet. That's kind of our story is like, okay, ooh, got to step out there, but then it works out, you know? Yeah. And incredible. One of the things that I knew I wasn't going to take a traditional path as a designer is because I am severely dyslexic. So really learning is something that is quite a challenge to me. But if you show me, I don't have to have words. I don't have, like, it can be in a different language and I can see somebody doing it and I absorb so fast that way. But in a traditional classroom, I just don't learn the same way that other people do. So I learn best by doing and by mistakes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I just got the chills. I mean, that I used to be a teacher. And so, well, I guess I still am one, you know? And I, right. I love that testimony of like, you know, everybody is created so differently and like you are using your skills and the way that you learn and you, you're honoring that. And like just Mm -hmm. this empire that you built out of, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm just still like, I feel like maybe I should have gotten this information before our interviews. Then I wouldn't be like starstruck right now with the info absorbing it. (laughs) It's totally fine. (laughs) Okay. So for some of our listeners, the idea Mm -hmm. of customer Custom bridal or bespoke bridal is very like, what, you know, and, um, I'd love to just spend some time sharing how you would find a designer, where you come up with your own idea. You know, do you just bring in Pinterest pictures or so how about let's start with the very basics and explain what a custom dress even entails. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple different kinds of custom. Mm -hmm. Um, so the traditional, wedding dress, you go to the shop, you try it on, you can purchase off the rack, which is the good, bad, the ugly. That's your dress. You take home or you send in your measurements, you get measured and the dress comes to you Mm -hmm. and they usually order your dress according to your biggest measurement. And that's where a seamstress or an altelier comes in and fits it perfectly to you. Right. And then we start getting into custom. So you can have made to measure where 
you find a lot of these on um, um, Pinterest um, or Etsy where there's designers who have their design, but you send them their measurements and it's mm-hmm. custom made to you, but the dress is not custom. Okay. Yes. So that that's where you start. It's not that. an original. It's just it's your not body. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you start getting into best spoke. So best spoke actually means a design for an individual person. It is made specifically one garment or one dress for that one individual. There will never be another one like it. That is truly what best spoke is. So when you're looking for a designer, you have to think, okay, what really is important to me? Do I love this gown and do I just want it made to my measurements? Because that, you know, can easily be done. I actually mm-hmm. have a couple dresses in my line and brides can have that made for them and we can nice. like change the color or do yeah. a little bit of lace different, and you can customize it. Mm-hmm. But if you know what you want and you absolutely can't find it, that's when you want to start looking for a best spoke designer. Okay. First of all, I've been saying it wrong. I've been saying oh. spoke. Bespoke. Okay. So help me. I've heard it bespoke. I've heard it best spoke. I think it's just. Okay. Okay. I was getting a little sweaty. And as you're talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't It's like, okay. But I like the way that you're saying it. So it's the same. It's the same. I did write a little note B S S P O K E. Cause I want to say the way that you say it since you are the pro. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm changing the way I pronounce it. So, um, And I love that you have the option of having a few like select dresses where, and I think that there's, um, a designer up in Seattle who does something French, not couture. She has style dresses that you can choose for like to fit your, whatever your size, whatever. Um, but I think that that would be such an overwhelming, like I, I can, even when I'm sewing, if somebody gives me a picture of something, I can make it happen. But the idea of like just coming up with a brand new idea, I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know? And so <laughs> that seems really overwhelming to me, but they're out there, all these yeah. creatives like you, where you can just like boop, come with an idea out of your head. Like, and those are the brides who can feel so frustrated when shopping because they want something very specific. That isn't a current, yeah. a current trend maybe. So if a bride is interested in creating her own design of a gown, like what should her first step be? Does she find the, the, like a seamstress first in her area or can she design it and then find somebody just not even local? Can, does it have to be a local thing? Um, not necessarily. I have brides traveling from three different States, um, to have, but here's the thing. There is a lot of things that I can do over a video chat. We can do measurements. We can do design. We can talk about fabric. I can send them samples. So there's a lot of things that can be done. However, (laughs) (laughs) I do make a muslin pattern and that's where I really shine as a best spoke artist because I make a cotton muslin pattern. It is a Mm -hmm. cotton dress. It is their dress, just not made out of silk and lace. Mm -hmm. And then we tailor that to them perfectly. We make all the little nips and tucks. We change the sleeve. We do all that. So when you are looking for that designer, you need to know 
what their capabilities are. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, go stalk them on Instagram. <laughs> go stalk them a little bit. See who they yes, are. No shame. <laughs> That's why I'm so vocal on my Instagram because I want people to kind of know who I am because you're stuck with me for a year. We've got to kind of get along. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Definitely go, go stalk them a little bit. Mm-hmm. See their work. And if they don't have a social media account, specifically ask for them to send you pictures of their work. I think that's Mm -hmm. really, really important um, because there are some people that are kind of just getting their feet wet, seeing what's out there um, and put it out there that they're a designer and they still quite aren't where they should be for a wedding gown. Yeah. That's a really nice, really kind way of putting it. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, we all start somewhere. We all, you know, so Mm-hmm. And I think I was just talking about this with somebody about a, a, a another area or niche in the wedding profession where it's like, yes, we all need to start somewhere. We need to get, our, you know, get practice in, but that's also when you don't charge full price yet. You know, yes. you need to kind of be honest with this is where I am in my career. And for this, you know, discounted price or whatever, um, um, I think this person called it her portfolio year where she had a full year where she worked with brides offering her specific service. She didn't even charge them. And it was like, help me learn, you know, not saying that no, you don't need to charge, but, um, just being honest is goes a long way. But, um, as the consumer, you don't really know if somebody's being honest. So asking for that kind of proof of their work up front is totally acceptable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't mean to throw shade on anybody because I think that's great. And as long as they're honest with you, I have brides with all different um, categories of budget and different Mm -hmm. levels of budget. And I am very honest with my brides. I let them know my prices up front. And if I'm not the right fit to them, I would love to send them to somebody who's kind of an up and comer. And that's you know, you got to share the love, you know, (laughs) and that's that's what I appreciate when I first started sewing, like I, that's, I'm thinking back of even my, what I would charge. And I was like, oh my goodness, it was like free, <laughs> but, right. but like, oh, it was invaluable for me, <laughs> but I was so grateful for those referrals that I did get. And the relationships that I built with those brides who trusted me that like those, yeah. my first 10 brides, you know, I will always remember them because I learned so much and they were so patient and kind with me. And yeah. So, um, but that, <laughs> that honesty is also a, a key point. Yes. Um, so what are some like common misconceptions that you'd say some brides may have when they go into this? What are things that brides should know? Yeah, I think one of the main things to understand what best spoke really is, is really understanding the time and effort and artistry involved in it. Mm-hmm. I think so many people are seeing these gowns online that are made overseas and they're charging $200 for it. It's like, whoa, okay. I can't yeah. even buy the fabric right. for $200. Mm-hmm. That picture right there, that's not what you're going to get. Okay. <laughs> so let's just, let's just kind of clarify that. So I think there is a misconception of what cost really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, I'm very open about cost. I have no problem talking about that and just being respectful of their budget. Um, but just going in with an open mind, I always tell my brides, you're never going to offend me. Ask all the questions that you want. That's so nice. Because yeah. that way you're going to get exactly what you want. And same when it comes to trying your muslin gown on your, your pattern, you aren't going to offend me. Be brutally honest mm-hmm. because the more honest you are, 
the closer I'm going to get to the gown that is in your brain. So I think that the more honest you are, the more inspiration pictures you have for your designer, the better it is for your brides. Mm-hmm. And for somebody like me who I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell you if I don't really like it. It's like, I would probably have to have that ingrained. <laughs> right. And I've like, gotten really good at reading body language. Um, mm-hmm. So I, this gown right behind me, um, we had like a romantic cap sleeve and she kept on touching it and kind of just moving it mm-hmm. little bits. I'm like, okay, something's wrong with the sleeve. I'm like, right. okay. So Jade, tell me, um, what do you want to change about your sleeve? Well, <laughs> And she didn't want to offend me. I'm like, you aren't going to offend me. Right. Tell me what you want. We're saying it instead of like having this gorgeous custom dress, not be exactly what you want. Yeah. Right. And she just wanted it a little more structured. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can do that. No problem. Yeah. Talk about the time frame because I think the time commitment with someone like you is significantly longer than just buying a dress or ordering a dress. Yes. So I have a minimum of six months for a custom gown um, because they're, there's first um, your concept. So my brides will send me a whole bunch of pictures of what they love. You know, the bodice here, the back of this dress, the train of this dress, mm-hmm. love this lace, so on. And then I sketch something out and then we do little tweaks on the sketch and then it goes into the pattern and then the pattern tailoring and then fabric. There are multiple steps when yeah. it comes to designing a gown. So you need a minimum of six months just to make sure that the fabric is in, um, make sure that the fabric is exactly what was pictured. And oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I guess I was months. expecting it to even longer. So that's kind of cool because yeah. when you, if you go into like a bridal shop and you order a dress, you know, you're expecting that like six to nine months turnaround. I think mm-hmm. it's longer now because of, yeah. you know, delays. Um, but um, yeah, so that's like way more comfortable well, than I had thought. <laughs> I will say I prefer a year just to kind of, yeah. just kind of yes. and if you wait six months, especially during busy season, you are risking hearing. I'm sorry. I can't fit you in. You didn't. I, I'm booked. Right, right, right. Because so, how far out do you typically book? So I'm booking two years out at this point. Wow. Okay. That's a really important piece. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I can't there. I still have spaces. Mm-hmm. for 2022. However, I am already booking for 2023 and right. having discussions for 2024. Right. Because you, I'm thinking of what you have to do. You have to like pre-order your fabric and your samples. Yeah. And there's so much more on the, like on the back end that you have to take care of that brides, like we, we wouldn't even right. think of. And with COVID wow. um, price hikes with fabric have become startling. So the earlier I can order fabric, um, the gentler it is on your budget. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like without being super specific, do you have Mm -hmm. a comparison of a best spoke gown compared to, I mean, and I know there's so many other, there's so many dress shops and designers and, but if, if we have a bride who has like a budget of like, you know, $3,000 for their, for her dress, um, how would you compare like a bespoke gown compared to, um, ordering from a store? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I tell all of my brides, my custom gowns start at 2,500 and where the price differs is fabric you choose Mm -hmm. and design complexity. 
So if you are wanting some pretty extravagant design elements, um, definitely call earlier because those take Take more time. time. Um, and then satin versus silk, um, Mm -hmm. uh, a lightweight lace versus a 3D lace, all of these have huge price differences. Right, right. And again, when we order the fabric, I just had a gal, um, she postponed um, from February to June. uh, And I went back and I was checking her uh, fabric and it went from $28 a yard to just under 50. (gasps) Oh my word. It's a big jump. So that I've never seen this before in the 13 years I've been doing this, but because of COVID brides need to be very aware of that. So once they fall in love with a fabric, you you got to do it quick. Right, right, right. And thank you. I appreciate you being honest with, and just really upfront with the price, because I think, um, brides just don't know, you know, we don't know these, these price points until we're like in it. And, you know, when you're kind of weighing it out, it's good to just have that information. And I've, I've had phone calls for like custom corsets or, and I think that the conception is you'd be saving money by having something custom made for you. And and I can see that like, right. Because, you know, maybe back in the day, if you know, your grandma made it for you, obviously you're saving money, but if you have a professional making it for you, it is a super special custom item that you'll be paying more for, you know? Um, so just having that, like, okay, this is like the ballpark and, you know, and if I have, my husband always makes fun of me because I do have expensive taste. So if I'm shoe shopping, I will always find the most expensive shoe. And it's like, you know, we turn it over. He's like, Oh, of course, you know, you pick the $400 pair or whatever. Like, right. We, we do that. So (laughs) it's good to know going into it, like, okay, well this, there's going to be a, you know, a, a difference in price there for sure, but it's totally worth it. If you know that you have that vision and if you have that designer's mind and you want to see that come to life, you can't really put a price tag on that. It's such an experience. And for somebody who has, um, a body that's not a size two Mm -hmm. and five, nine, these, these gowns usually are designed for a smaller size and somebody very tall. So somebody who's five foot and is a petite person, no dress off the rack is going to fit their torso. It's just not. And when that dress, that would be me. I'm five, two. Yes. Okay. And you know, trying on dresses. I remember feeling like, wow, am I supposed to feel like I'm playing dress up? Cause they just felt even if they, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Totally. Even if they fit, you know, like my waist or whatever, it's like, they just were, the proportion was so odd, you know? And even if you take up the straps, no, you actually have to, and thinking back on my own dress that I did not alter myself and like the straps were raised, but really the bodice had to be reconstructed and it wasn't. So anyways, not like I'm bitter about that, but I kind of am. So. Right. And you (laughs) fall in love with this dress, this designer dress, that's let's just say $2,000 that doesn't fit your body. Somebody mm-hmm. like you or I has to completely tear this designer gown apart. And when you talk alterations, that adds up really fast. So very 100%. often, yeah, so very often somebody that their body proportion isn't the typical body proportion, a custom gown is sometimes cheaper than buying mm. off the rack, which I, I wow, tell. That is shocking to me. I know. I, I, I tell people all the time, I am not cheap 
and neither is my work. You're going to get quality. So I don't, I don't necessarily like the word cheap. That's, right. that's not the right word. But when you're buying a designer gown and it doesn't fit you right, you're going to have to pay a professional who actually knows what they're doing to dismantle this dress and not destroy mm-hmm. it. And you want, you do want a professional, right. so it is going to cost right. a fair amount depending on what you need. Yes. So. Wow. I am learning so much. Like I thought I do, <laughs> but I didn't. So, so, um, kind of, you've already given so much information and great tips. And I think that listeners just have a better idea of what they'd even be getting into and that, that, um, having a custom gown or a, um, a bespoke gown is doable. It's attainable. Absolutely. It and really I know, is. yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to think, um, like, where would you even find to just like Google search somebody in your area or where do you find people around you? So yes, you can Google search search. However, I would highly suggest Instagram because mm-hmm. it is so visual and there are yeah. so many designers on Instagram. And if you can't find somebody on Instagram, find somebody in the wedding industry in your area, mm-hmm. whether it's a photographer or a coordinator or somebody in that industry, they're going to know better than Instagram because right. Right. in my area, we have an outstanding group of wedding professionals. And if somebody doesn't have a photographer, I'm like, oh, I have 10. What yeah. style do you want? Yes. I'll point yes. to the ones that I know you love. <laughs> yeah. You know? So somebody in the wedding industry in your area, mm-hmm. ask them. Yeah, that's perfect. And yeah. like what engaged person is not already scrolling Instagram for inspiration? Right. So exactly. that was a perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is like a final tip that you would give for brides who would be interested? Like I said, I know you already gave us a lot of information. So I don't know if you could even come up with another tip, yeah. but what is a final piece of advice for someone considering this? Yeah, don't be scared to reach out and ask. The worst they can say is no. So reach out and ask and see if it's in your budget, if they can do what you want. I mean, can you imagine if you could have gotten a designer gown, a custom one of a kind gown, but you were afraid to ask? Yes. Do your research, reach out because I love getting to meet new brides and I actually do really want to work with my brides and their budgets. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem with brides reaching out and just asking. Right. Right. And speaking of Instagram, yours is so inspirational and I love your (laughs) slow-mo reels. It's like, I always get choked up. So uh, tell our listeners where they can find you and maybe get inspiration for their own gown. Yes. Thank you. Um, It's Katrina Munoz underscore bridal. It's spelled C-A-T-R-I-N-A-M-U-N-O-Z and that underscore bridal. Okay. Thank you, Katrina, so much for your time. I'm really excited to share this with listeners. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.